I'm Father Ron Shibley, founder and director of the Anglican Internet Church, and I welcome you to the fourth edition of episode 17 in the the AIC Bible study video series, The New Testament Gospels. In episode 17, I begin part one of my discussion of the unique parables found only in the Gospel of St. Luke, presented in the order in which they appear in the text. At the end of the episode, I'll point out where material presented in episode 17 is also discussed in the new AIC publication, The Gospel of Luke, Annotated and Illustrated. In episode 17, I begin part one in my discussion of the unique parables which are found only in the Gospel of St. Luke, presented in the order in which they appear in the text. These include some of the most famous parables in the Gospels, including the Good Samaritan, the Lost Son or Prodigal Son in the King James text, the Rich Man and Lazarus, and the Pharisee and the Tax Collector, or Pharisee and the Publican in the King James text. The illustration is an illumination in tempera and gold on parchment with many zoomorphic or fantastical beasts from the Arnheim Gospel made at Arnheim, Germany around 1172 AD. The manuscript is attributed to the monk Lenandus. The text is in Latin from the Vulgate Bible. It comes from Manuscript Harley 2799, Folio 143 in the British Library, London, England. I open the discussion of the parables with the parable of the Good Samaritan in Luke 10, 25-37, which is the Gospel reading for 13th Sunday after Trinity. Today, people often refer to someone who does good deeds as a, quote, Good Samaritan, unquote. But in the first century in the Holy Land, Samaritans were not held in high regard by Jews. For their part, the Samaritans were extremely hostile to Jesus personally and to his message, denying entry into Samaria in Luke 9, verse 52. There were desecrations of altars, both by Jews against Samaritans and Samaritans against Jews. Thus, the hero in the parable is the good Samaritan, that is, the untypical Samaritan, in St. Luke's word, words, a certain Samaritan, or the one Samaritan who, unlike the other characters in the parable, did the right thing. The illustration for this and the next slide is a 19th century stained glass window of the good Samaritan at the Church of St. Eutrope in Clermont-Ferrand, France. The parable of the Good Samaritan is a complicated, highly allegorical story that is best understood as an example of the theological concept of types. In the commentary, I will illustrate the meaning of the symbolism of each character or place according to the understanding of the early church. The parable follows a dialogue between Jesus and the man identified by St. Luke in verse 25 as a lawyer. The name means he was one of the same class of Jewish leaders who had calculated that there were 613 commandments and not just 10 
and among whom there were frequent debates over which of the 613 was the most important. He is a symbol of the excessive legalism of the Pharisees. In the opening dialogue, the lawyer asked Jesus, whom he calls teacher or rabbi in the KJV text, a question in verse 25, What shall I do to inherit eternal life? Jesus answered the lawyer's question in verse 26, not with a direct answer, but with two questions. The illustrations for this sequence are scenes from a page in one of the oldest known gospel books, the Rosano Gospel, also known as the Codex Perperius Rosanensis, owing to the purple coloration of the manuscript, made in the 6th century from the Diocesan Museum at the Cathedral of Rosano in Rosano, Italy. Jesus asked the lawyer, What is written in the law? What is your reading of it? The lawyer's answer was precise and lawyerly, reflecting an extensive knowledge of the Mosaic law, but as you will see, he had no idea what the words meant. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your strength, and with all your mind, and your neighbor as yourself. His answers are quotations from the Septuagint text of Deuteronomy 6.5 and Leviticus 19, verse 18. Jesus answered, saying in verse 28, You've answered rightly. Do this and you will live. The lawyer then initiated a second dialogue, again demonstrating his narrowness of view and even a lack of understanding of the spiritual meaning of the law. In verse 29, again exhibiting excessive legalism, he replied with his own question, And who is my neighbor? Jesus' answer was in the form of the parable of the Good Samaritan, in which the second character, the traveler, is introduced in verse 30. Jericho, where the Jews started the conquest of Canaan, described in the book of Joshua, represents sin. Jerusalem, the city of David, represents salvation. The traveler is symbolic of mankind in the world moving between sin and salvation. A certain man went down from Jerusalem to Jericho and fell among thieves who stripped him of his clothing, wounded him, and departed, leaving him half dead. The next character to enter the story in verse 31 is the priest, who is a symbol of the failures of the old or Mosaic law. Instead of seeing a man worthy of compassion, he narrowly sees only an unclean, untouchable thing in the road. Now by chance a certain priest came down that road, and when he saw him, he passed by on the other side. Then enters the text the next character, the Levite, one of the guardians of the temple tradition under Mosaic law, who symbolizes the departure of the Hebrew tradition from the spiritual meaning of the Mosaic law. He reacts just as the priests did. Likewise, a Levite, when he arrived at the place, came and looked and passed by on the other side. 
The illustration is a central detail of a large late 18th century Russian Orthodox icon. The next character introduced is, quote, a certain Samaritan, unquote, who is a type of Christ. Note that in the Rossano Gospels, in the earlier illustration, the Samaritan wears a halo with a cross. But a certain Samaritan, as he journeyed, came where he was, and when he saw him, he had compassion. So he went to him and bandaged his wounds, pouring on oil and wine, and he set him on his own animal, and brought him to an inn, and took care of him. And the next, on the next day, when he departed, he took out two denarii, which is the equivalent of two days' wages, gave them to the innkeeper, and said to him, Take care of him, and whatever more you spend, when I come again, I will repay you. In the early church, including St. Ambrose of Milan, the Samaritan was interpreted as a type of Christ. That is, he did the right and compassionate thing, irrespective of narrow Hebrew interpretation of the Mosaic law. Further, the inn and the innkeeper were interpreted as symbols of the church universal in its function as a refuge from the world. The illustrations are first a late 19th century watercolor by James Tissot from the Brooklyn Museum and a detail from an oil-on-panel painted in 1627 by Cornelis von Harlem illustrating details from verse 34. After the end of the parable, Jesus initiates a final dialogue with the lawyer in verse 36a. So which of these do you think was the neighbor to him who fell among the thieves? The lawyer's reply in verse 37a reveals how much he had learned from the parable. He who showed mercy on him. Jesus' reply in verse 37 was short and instructive. Go and do likewise. The point of the parable is that of the characters in the parable, it was not the priest or the Levite, but this good Samaritan from a territory from which the Jews expected little and who had been actively hostile to Jesus, who did the right thing and showed compassion on the traveler. The illustration, The Good Samaritan, is an oil on canvas painted in 1880 A.D. by French artist and sculptor Amy Nicholas Moreau, illustrating a detail from verse 34. The next unique parable is the short parable in chapter 12, the parable of the rich fool. The parable was spoken in the context of an earlier discussion between Jesus and a man from the crowd who wanted Jesus to command his brother to share his inheritance with him. Jesus declined to act as judge and offered this advice in verse 15b. Beware of covetousness. For one's life does not consist of the abundance of things he possesses. One of the difficulties in the Western translations of the Bible is that at least four Greek words, which mean lust, greed, avarice, or covetousness, are all translated as covetousness. In the parable of the rich fool, the Greek pleonexia is one of those words. 
in all cases they refer to the desire for something that belongs either legally or morally to another. The Tenth Commandment contains a lengthy list of objects one should not covet. Then Jesus spoke the parable of the rich fool. The ground of a certain rich man yielded plentifully, and he thought within himself, saying, What shall I do, since I have no room to store my crops? So he said, I will do this, I will pull down my barns and build greater, there will I store all my crops and my goods. I will say to my soul, Soul, you have many goods laid up for many years. Take your ease, eat, drink, and be merry. But God said to him, Fool, this night your soul will be required of you. Then whose will those things be which you have provided? So is he who lays up treasure for himself and is not rich towards God. The parable's message is similar to the parable of the unjust steward in Luke 16, 1-13, which I will discuss in episode 18, in which the reference is divided, loyalty between God and mammon. I will return to the same issue later in episode 23, in the context of Jesus' discourse in chapter 12, called the Moral Discourses, focused on various bad behaviors such as hypocrisy, greed, anxiety, laziness, forgetfulness, and lack of discernment. The illustration is the parable of the rich fool, an engraving by Jan Lukin from the Boyer Bible, one of the earliest mass-market Bibles, which was published at London around 1840 A.D. and is now in the Bolton Museum, Lancashire, England. The next parable, the parable of the withered fig tree, is even shorter than the parable of the rich fool, with only four verses. It is also known as the parable of the barren fig tree. The parable should be read in the context of the lesson on the need for repentance, which immediately precedes it in verses 1 to 5. The words are a lesson in the coming of the final judgment. A certain man had a fig tree planted in his vineyard, and he came seeking fruit on it and found none. Then he said to the keeper of his vineyard, Look, for three years I have come seeking fruit on this fig tree and find none. Cut it down. Why does it use up ground? But he answered and said to him, Sir, let it alone this year until I dig around it and fertilize it, and if it bears fruit, well, but if not, after that, you can cut it down. The illustration is Christ in majesty and illumination in colors and gold on parchment with the symbols of the four gospel authors from a psalter made at Oxford in the first quarter of the 13th century before 1220 A.D. from manuscript Royal 1D10. Folio 18V in the British Library, London, England. The final parable in this episode is the parable of the chief seats, which is found in Luke 14, verses 7 to 11. It takes place in the house of one of the Pharisees on the Sabbath. The parable is similar to, but should not be confused with, 
the parable of the wedding feast, which illustrates a different concept. The illustration for this and the next two slides is Christ in majesty, depicting him seated on the throne of the New Jerusalem, surrounded by a heavenly choir of angels, virgins, confessors, and martyrs, the Greek letter Alpha and Omega, letters Alpha and Omega, which come from the Athelstan Psalter, produced around 924 A.D. for the Bishop of Winchester from Cotton Manuscript Galba A. 8, Folio 21V, in the British Library, London, England. The parable of the chief seats is a lesson in the virtue of humility, which is one of the seven primary virtues according to the early church. Jesus said to those in attendance in verses 8 through 11, When you are invited by anyone to a wedding feast, do not sit down in the best place, lest one more honorable than you be invited by him. And when he who invited you and him come in and say to you, Give place to this man, and then you begin with shame to take the lowest place. But when you are invited, go and sit down in the lowest place, so that when he who invited you comes, he may say to you, Friend, go up higher. Then you will have glory in the presence of those who sit at the table with you. For whoever exalts himself will be humbled, and he who humbles himself will be exalted. Jesus himself offered follow-up in verses 12 to 14 with advice that explains the parable. When sending invitations, have no thought to reward, seeking the rich and powerful, but instead invite the poor, the sick, and the maimed who cannot repay, and receive your reward, quote, at the resurrection of the just. The Orthodox Study Bible New Testament and Psalms edition observes that the advice in the parable and the subsequent explanation is consistent with New Testament wisdom found in James 4, verse 6, God resists the proud, but gives grace to the humble. Other AIC resources on material presented in this episode are from the Great O Antiphon series for the last seven days in Advent, the focus of episode 3 for December 20th is O Radix Jesse, or Root of Jesse. And episode 4 for December 21st, O Clavis David, or Key of David, exploring Jesus' connection in the royal line of David. Next, from our long-running podcast homily series, you can listen to the latest version of the podcast homily for 13th Sunday after Trinity, focused on Galatians 3.16-22 and Luke 10, verses 25-37, the parable of the Good Samaritan, using the link on the podcast homilies page. From our series Trinity, the teaching season, the same readings are discussed and illustrated in episode 6. From the AIC Christian Education video series, The Lives of the Saints, from the first series, the 1928 Book of Common Prayer Saints, St. Luke is the focus of episode 15. From the second series, St. Ambrose of Milan is the focus of episode 4. From the AIC Bookstore Publication, the Gospel of Luke Annotated and Illustrated in Chapter 10, 
the parable of the Good Samaritan, and in chapter 12, the parable of the Rich Fool. The textbook, Samaria and the Samaritans, is found on page 119, along with the map of the Holy Land in the first century from my family Bible. In layman's lexicon, words and phrases of interest are covet covetousness, commandments, judgment, mercy slash merciful, Pharisees, repentance, sin, salvation, Septuagint, type, virtues, and vulgate. From the Beliefs of the Anglican Internet, uh, Anglican Church book, commandments and their use in the in Anglican worship are discussed on pages 49 to 56. Finally, there is Father Ron's blog, a page on our website featuring information about the latest projects, videos, and publications. Entries usually include an illustration from the featured series. You can reach the blog page by clicking the links at either the top or the bottom of the page, or by entering the direct URL address www.anglicaninternetchurch.net right slash blog. The word blog is case sensitive and must be in small letters only. By clicking on the Follow Anglican Internet Church legend in the right hand column and afterward entering your email address, you can receive notice of each new posting from our site host, WordPress.com. We do not share information with any other organization. Thank you for joining me for episode 17. Next time in episode 18, I will discuss three more parables, the lost coin, the lost son or prodigal son, and the unjust steward. Until next time, may the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face to shine upon you and be merciful to you. May the Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. Amen. This program has been a presentation of the Anglican Internet Church. We invite you to visit our website and use its resources at www.anglicaninternetchurch.net.